listening to The Martial Brain, the podcast that explores the intersection between the martial arts, science, critical thinking, skepticism, and that wacky organ that floats inside our skulls in a pool of cerebral spinal fluid, making life unpredictably inspiring, infuriating, and sometimes just batshit crazy. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. Tis the season to rage against the dying of the light. A little less than a thousand centuries ago, humans emerged from the cradle of the species, Africa, and took their first steps into the darkness of the unknown, the rest of planet Earth. In the future, they would find themselves inhabiting new and different environments. These new environments forced new ways of life, contributing to the shaping of each new culture. Over the subsequent millennia, some of them moved north into the temperate latitudes of the Eurasian landmass. Now to most of you, and to me, a temperate climate is what I grew up in, my default setting. It seems perfectly natural to me that as winter approaches, the periods of daylight grow shorter, and of course, temperatures drop. I also reflexively know from years of being alive here that after the winter solstice, the days will grow longer and spring will be on its way. It's a sure thing that these primitive but otherwise perfectly intelligent people began to notice this new feature of life in a temperate climate. Because their ancestors had evolved very close to the equator, winter and summer solstices were probably not appreciated as a thing among them. The fact that the first people to perceive solstices as a thing, even if they didn't understand the solar and planetary physics behind the phenomenon, that fact shows intelligence. But intelligence carries with it the curse of imagination. This can include imagining each year that the light and warmth of summer may not return this time the way it always has in the past. They may have even had legends that among their ancestors this annual occurrence had never taken place. They may not even have thought to associate it with their relatively new homeland. Chances are that they ascribed it to more of what we might describe as supernatural causes. Whether they understood the true cause of the solstice or not, they were still quite intelligent and keen observers of their environment. It would have become common knowledge that the longer nights of the winter were frequently accompanied by melancholy states of depression. We have a modern scientific name for this, seasonal affective disorder. We're now pretty sure that seasonal affective disorder is caused by a reduced amount of light exposure. To add to this annual anxiety, it's important to keep in mind that early humans had no reason to believe that the winter solstice would automatically occur, ending the cycle of darkness, and that the days would begin to grow longer again. How deeply frightening must it have been to people who had no idea that we live on a giant sphere, spinning in space as it also orbits around the sun, spinning on an axis that is tilted relative to the plane of its orbit in just such a way that in the temperate latitudes our year is divided between seasons of darkness and of light. For all they knew, the sun was a conscious entity that could bestow or withdraw his favor, the warmth 
the light on a whim. This annual darkness, this seasonal melancholy, often drove early humans to believe that it was important to make entreaties to the sun, to propitiate it in the hopes that they could coax it to return. Many ancient cultures also developed a tradition of gathering together during the deepest part of the darkness, to revel in each other's company, to illuminate their dwellings with candles and lanterns, driving away the darkness. They hung boughs of evergreen, drank wine and beer, feasted, and sang songs. I find these typically human traditions inspiring, even heroic. Our imaginings could lead to seasonal melancholy, but it's also our intellect that has allowed us to work together in groups more effectively than any other mammal. A simpler way of saying this is that an important human superpower lies in our ability to interact with each other. When the darkness falls, we rely on each other's company for solace, to party hard, to heroically rage against the dying of the light. I hope this little audio offering finds you bravely doing the same thing, employing your own human superpower by being with other people. But as always, when employing a superpower, remember the Spider-Man maxim. With great power comes great responsibility. Party hard, but minimize property damage. Inflict no casualties, and be sure there's no need for law enforcement to pay a visit. Don't allow that quirky, fallible human brain to lead you into behavior that you think is a good time, but is ruining everybody else's good time. Remember that part about our superpower being each other? Right? Whether you celebrate the winter solstice, Saturnalia, Hanukkah, Christmas, Yule, Kwanzaa, or Festivus, I hope you have a great time among family and friends. Anyway, that's what I think, but I could be wrong. Let me know what you think, and check out old episodes of the Marshall Brains podcast at my website, rpmartialarts.com. I'm Jeff Westfall for the Marshall Brain. The Marshall Brain is produced by Raging Squirrel Productions in association with the Rising Phoenix Martial Arts Academy. If you like the podcast and would like to help it grow, go to iTunes or Stitcher and give it an honest rating and review. Contact me with questions about the Marshall Brain or about the Rising Phoenix Academy at my website, rpmartialarts.com.